Good morning. It's good to see you guys. Not as many pink shirts as Easter. Kind of fear we might see a return of the pink shirts today, but not the case. Hey, a couple things I want to make mention of. Um, we uh, we had Serve Sunday last week, and I just want to take a second to, to say uh, thank you to everybody that was involved with Serve Sunday last week. I, I truly believe uh, that last week's Serve Sunday was probably the best one that we've ever had. Uh, a lot of folks uh, coming out to, to serve, but uh, just, I don't know, just something about the stuff we were getting to do, uh, and some of it's stuff that we've done before and that kind of thing. I don't know. It just It just felt... Uh, it just felt like the Lord was all over it, and uh, I've had I've had several people come to me with you know, hey, you know, can we do this outside of Serve Sunday? And and the answer is always yes. Uh, the whole point and reason why we started Serve Sunday was to try to spur us on as a church to want to serve people outside of you know Sundays, uh, and so uh, I, I hope that that does happen. Apparently, that is. Uh, starting to happen in some ways, and I, I'm excited about that. So I uh, just want to say thank you for that. Uh, I want to make mention that uh, we're starting a new series next week. Uh, we are going to be going walking through uh, the uh, uh, letters of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Uh, I'm excited about that, and uh, looking forward to getting to teach through that uh, in the days to come. So, uh, Owen, oh, uh, we've, uh, we've got, for some of you, we've done this in the past. We've had these little books that we've ordered uh, that you can take notes in uh, and kind of keep up with the series and keep up with what we're going through and uh, teaching through and that kind of thing. So uh, if you want one of those, they are on order. They're not here yet, but they will be here by next Sunday. So uh, you'll be able to purchase those uh, out in the foyer if you want to. So uh, just a heads up on that. All right. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I, know that, uh, I know that Mother's Day can be a fantastic day for some, and for some it's a hard day. Uh, and we, we understand that. And uh, and many of us feel that as well. We we feel the uh, the hurt uh, that, and pain that some feel in different ways, whether it's uh, loss of a mom or uh, didn't have a mom or uh, loss of a child. I mean, there's just so many different things. And uh, I just want you to know that uh, what we're teaching through today, uh, despite that it has a mom and a grandmom in it, uh, the fact uh, is that uh, it is for all of us. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about getting to teach through this passage today. So uh, if you've got a Bible and you want to go there with us, we're going to the book of Second Timothy. Second uh, Timothy. And uh, in Second Timothy, uh, you'll see uh, that uh, we've got a letter that Paul wrote to uh, a young minister named Timothy. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers are going to bring you one. Just throw your hand up if you need one. If you don't own one, you can keep it. We'd love for you to have it. And uh, in Second uh, Timothy, we have uh, a couple of letters. Well, we have two letters, First Timothy and Second Timothy, uh, that Paul wrote to a young minister named Timothy. Uh, and, uh, and in these passages, we have just some amazing stuff uh, that we consider, you know, so valuable, especially for the, for the early church and for even the church today uh, that help kind of guide us and lead us in, in how things are done or, you know, what it looks like to be the church and those kinds of things. And um, this, uh, this passage that I, I came to today uh, is a passage where Paul is, um, 
he's encouraging Timothy. And he's, and honestly, the, the majority of, of both of these letters to Timothy are him encouraging Timothy, but also giving him, uh, you know, some instruction on this is how to proceed in uh, ministry and these in life and the gospel and all these different things. And, uh, and he's doing that here, but he, he definitely starts off with an encouragement piece. And, and, and part of that is part of uh, why I wanted to teach it today. It just felt uh, very fitting uh, given the day and all that. Second uh, Timothy, let's just go ahead and read this. Second Timothy 1, verse 3. And it says this, it says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Man, what good stuff. I, in fact, I want to do this. Can we just pray over this? Let's pray together. God, I just pray that you would, just, that you would speak to us through your word right now. God, whether it's uh, folks that are here listening, uh, Lord, folks online, God, I just pray, Lord, that you would use this for your glory. God, thank you for the opportunity we have to come under your word. God, teach us and shape us. God, thank you for all you do for us. Help lead us to Jesus. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. Um, this passage... Uh, you know, is a great passage uh, in that it brings about, uh, we, we get a little, we get some pieces of even Timothy's past, we get even a little bit of Paul's past, he mentions his ancestors, but then he goes on and he remember. you know, we, we see him talking about how he's praying for Timothy. Um, you know, I, I think this is a question, you know, this is, this is a viable question today. And, and the question is this, who are you praying for? Who are you praying for? You know, and if, and if you're a parent, you know, you might be praying for your kids. I hope you're praying for your kids. I find myself at moments going, man, I'm not praying for my kids enough. I, I, should, be, I should be continually praying for my kids, uh, praying for our family, praying, praying for our church, praying for specific people that God keeps laying on my heart. I, I've, got, I've got several families that uh, I feel like God just, when, when God lays different families on my heart, one of the things that I do if I find myself not being able to go to sleep uh, is, is that when I'm laying in bed, I just close my eyes and I just start praying for those families. And sometimes I'll pray for them kind of over and over or whatever, and sometimes I do that until I go to sleep. It's a great thing. And then, I, and then I'll wake up, sometimes I'll wake up thinking about them because I, I went to sleep thinking about them, and I'll pray for them, you know, in the shower when I'm getting ready or whatever it is, you know, kind of thing. Um, my mom prayed for me. My grandmother prayed for my dad. Here's an interesting little thing. I don't think I've ever shared this before, uh, but it's not a secret or something. Um, my grandmother prayed uh, to the Lord that if he would give her one more son, that she would pray and give him to the Lord to preach and to teach God's word and lead people to him. And the Lord gave my grandmother, my dad, uh, after her praying that for, for apparently some time, and he was uh, the sixth ch child of uh, six kids uh, and uh, was the baby. He was the last. Um, 
And then oddly enough, uh, I don't think my mom knew that story, but apparently uh, when, uh, before I was born and my parents were to the point where they believed they couldn't have children uh, and had been married for quite some time, uh, my mother also prayed basically the same prayer that, you know, if the Lord would give her, you know, a child that she would give him to the Lord and that, you know, he could use him for, you know, his ministry and kingdom, whatever, you know, kind of thing. Um, it's easy just to go, oh, well, those are just, you know, nice stories. I, th- I think we discount what the Lord does when we take things to him that are for his good and for his glory. Like, we, we, we miss that. Like, if we're missing a prayer life, we're missing, like, plugging into the most powerful thing on the planet. One of my guilty pleasures here lately is, uh, no surprise to some, uh, because of my love for music and love for old stuff or whatever, is I, 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 and I, I started fooling with this stuff when I was a teenager, is like old stereo systems and stuff. And so, uh, you know, and yesterday I found myself on the other side of Nashville digging around in a tractor trailer full of somebody's old studio equipment from like the 70s or something, you know? I mean, just the dumbest thing I could possibly be doing with my time, basically. Uh, you know, but, you know, something to enjoy and, you know, whatever, having a little fun with it. And, uh, and so, um, but one of the things that you're always looking for is you're looking for, like, the most powerful, you know, like the most powerful amplifiers, the most powerful receivers. I was dumbfounded recently to find out what, what some of these things are bringing. I was like, you know, I just, I, you know, I've had, I've had some of this stuff literally since I was a kid and have kind of, you know, pieced stuff together along the way, whatever. And, uh, and, and one of my buddies sends me a link. He's like, check out this receiver. It's amazing. It puts out like 270 watts a channel. And I was like, man, that's, that is amazing. That's, that's crazy. That's like, you know, pro audio, you know, type stuff or whatever. And, uh, and he's like, now go look it up on eBay. And I was like, is it bring a lot of money? He's like, go look it up. Ten grand. Ten grand for something that some of you probably grew up with sitting around in a house and you didn't even know. You know, and I was just I was dumbfounded, you know. All because it's the most powerful of those things, right? And, and the truth is, is that we love power. We love horsepower. We love all, you know. And, and here, we have the chance, the ability to tap into the most powerful thing in the entire world. The thing that moves mountains, right? It's the Lord. Like, we have an opportunity to, to talk with Him, to go to Him, to take our concerns to Him, to, to take our dreams to Him, to take the things that He's laid on our hearts and ask Him to work in them in our lives and, and do things in us. is just, it's amazing, you know? He says, I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. And He says this with, with full emotion. As we see in verse 4, He says, I remember your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. You can't wait to see Timothy again. And then he goes on, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. I couldn't help but think of my mother and my grandmother, my granny, my dad's mom, uh, and my mom's mom was also loved the Lord and, you know, and served, served the Lord for, for all the years of her life. Uh, as well, but I couldn't help but think about them and, and what I just shared a few minutes ago about the things that they prayed. And here, Paul brings up 
Timothy's mom and grandma, you know? And, and I think it's interesting, you know, most of the time we're bringing up, you know, somebody's mom, it's like a your mom joke or something, right? Uh, you know, but here, a dude to a dude anyway, uh, and, then, and Paul here is like, no, I, I'm seeing in you what I have seen for years in your mom and in your grandmother in this, this legacy of faith. He says, verse 5, I am re- I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother and your mother, and I am sure dwells in you as well. And so, you know, I bring this up because I think sometimes we just, uh, you know, we're, I, I'm a parent. I know how crazy it is. We got seven kids. You know, I mean, it's nuts most of the time, you know. And, and, and time's not slowing down. You know, our oldest turned 16 yesterday, you know, and, and just all of the things that seem like they're happening so fast. And along the way, you can't help but question, like, did we do enough of this? Did we do enough of that? Did we spend enough time with them in these ways or that way? Or, you know, did we pray for them enough or whatever? And I think that today, you know, if, if we're going to celebrate Mother's Day, I think, I, think, I think today is just a great reminder for us of the calling in which God has put on our hearts and our lives that we would be a part of the legacy of the gospel in the lives of our children. That not only did Timothy, I'm sure Timothy already knew what Paul was telling him, but, but his mother and his grandmother were so known for their faith that Paul was able to encourage Timothy by it in saying, I know about their faith. Like, that's, that's real legacy stuff. That's, that's almost, it almost has the hint of like, you know, I came over to your house and hung out with you when we were kids, and that's not the way it was. You know, you t- uh, Timothy was probably much younger than Paul at this point. Uh, you know, but, but it has that kind of a ring to it, you know? And for many of us, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, whether you've never been a parent, you have the opportunity to have that kind of legacy in the lives of other people, but especially children. And we know that. And here we see, you know, I'm, I'm challenged with seeing Paul, you know, I'm praying, praying for you night and day, he says. Verse 6, it goes on, it says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And I think this is referring back to uh, his ordination, talking about Timothy's ordination when Paul would have been there to pray over him. He says, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you and through the laying on of my hands. Now, you know, this, this gift of God piece, this, is a, uh, this very likely is like, you know, whatever the spiritual gifts are that Timothy had uh, in his life. And he's not specific here. Paul's not specific with like what your spiritual gifts are. But that, truthfully, I mean, it could be, it could be the gift. Uh, it could be a spiritual gift. It could be Timothy's calling. Uh, Timothy knew that he was called uh, to the ministry of the gospel and to just giving his life to just making people, letting people know about uh, the gospel. Uh, you know, so either way, you know, Paul's just encouraging him toward that. He's like, he's like fan that sucker. You know, you know, let's go with it. Run with it. Go after it. And then he goes on in verse 7, which goes with it. It says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. For God gave us a spirit. And, and he may be saying, you know, the, he may be speaking to the Holy Spirit, 
But either way, even if he, you know if he's saying the Holy Spirit, and I think that's probably kind of where that's what that's alluding to. Uh, you know, he's saying you know that by the Spirit of God given to you, you have the ability to not be afraid. Maybe you're afraid today. Maybe you've got something in your life today that kind of has you fearing things. You know, let me let me just encourage you today. I'll I'll say to you what what what. Paul said to him, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We have the ability to overcome the things in this life, the things that are thrown at us, not because of who we are, but because of who God is and what He has given us. God can overcome those things. And that's so important for us today. So important for us today. Verse 8, I want to go on here in the passage, and it says this. It says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages begin, and which now has been manifested through the, through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. I want to kind of hold on right there. Let's stop right there. Here we have an amazing synopsis, really, of the gospel. An amazing synopsis of the gospel. So starting in verse 8 and coming off the heels of Paul looking at Timothy almost kind of like a God and Joshua moment of do not fear, you know, be courageous, you know, kind of a deal. You know, only, you know, Paul says, you know, uh, do not fear, but, you know, we don't live in that spirit. We live in the spirit of power and love and self-control. On the heels of that in verse 8, he says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed. I find myself in more and more situations as time goes on with people who are not like thinking with my faith. I find myself in those situations more and more all the time. One of those situations took place on Friday, and I was, I was just kind of visiting with a couple of folks uh, for a moment, and in came someone that I didn't know, and they, they just started, you know, just they were, they were real wound up and kind of talking about a whole bunch of stuff, and, and they got to talking about the, uh, the Roe versus Wade stuff, and, and honestly, I didn't even know what they were talking about at first. They were being kind of vague about it and just kind of talking almost like everybody was thinking and on the same exact page and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And real quickly, the conversation went into, went into something. I mean, literally, literally before the end of the conversation, she was throwing white preachers under the bus, white Christian preachers under the bus, uh, and white, you know, crazy Christian women under the bus, and I mean, just all kinds of things. And, and the other people in the room knew, they, they know me. They know who I am. They know, you know, they know, they know, you know, what's important to me. They know my occupation. They know, you know, all these things. It's it's not a secret, you know. This person didn't have a clue who I was, and that's okay. And and you know, I could tell they were super uncomfortable. 
to the to to the point I was kind of laughing about it. Just to be honest with you, I wasn't happy about you know her outlook on life. Uh, but you know, I was you know I was just kind of like taking the moment in you know because I knew that they probably wanted to say something, and then and then I found myself in this moment. I'm like, do I say something here? Uh, and, 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 and not for the sake of not being ashamed of the gospel, but I, but I ask myself, is it appropriate in this moment in time for me uh, to bust out, you know, into like the Lord just kind of gave me a piece in the moment and said, wait your turn, wait your turn. You'll have, you'll have a turn. And so um, that person, you know, I, and, I, and I was praying. I was kind of praying in the moment. I said, God, I want you to lead me right now because I don't want to, I'm not looking for a fight. That, that's not... There's no, there's no good that comes from that. You know, I'm, I'm looking for moments of good conversation, you know, and so I really felt like the Lord said, you know, you're going to see her again. You're going to get to talk to her. You're going to get to share more with her of, of who you are and the truth. And so, um, you know, I, I did that, and then she left, and then they looked at me, and they were, they were both like, oh, I'm so, and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, don't worry, you know. I was like, it's not my first rodeo. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, but I, and, and I was able to use that moment to just say, you know, I learned a long time ago that unless I'm willing to listen to other people, why would they want to listen to me? I was like, and she was very passionate and very wound up. I was like, and that's not usually the time to like, hey, go, hey, I think you're wrong, you know? <laughs> I was like, but next time, next time I see her, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to have a good conversation with her, you know? And, uh, you know, who knows? We'll see. But, but I mean, this, this is our life. So, I mean, you know, we, we are called not to live in a bubble, but called to be in the world, but not of the world, and to be light into the world and share gospel into the world. You know, I, I think these, these things are super important for us today. and We can't ignore them. And, and the truth is, is, I know that you guys are in many of those situations, too, and you probably find yourself going, man, I just, you know, I don't even want to go to work, or I don't even want to go here. I don't want to be around some of my family, or whatever it is, because of these conversations. But that's exactly why the Lord has put us there, is to have those conversations. You know, this, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me. Verse 8, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. We're reminded that we will suffer. And it says, by the power of God. And this is important. Because usually when we're suffering, we don't like it. Usually when we're suffering, we want out. But God, you've got to get me out of here as fast as possible. On the train, send a bus, you know, let's go. God's like, no. It's not how this always works. Sometimes we need to be in those moments. I've watched many people in our church lately be in those moments. Losing loved ones, going through hard moments. I mean, we have, we have some rock star folks in our church. We have some rock star mamas in our church. I think about, you know, uh, all these people. We just lost Miss Dolores. Uh, I think about Tammy London. You know, I mean, you know, nobody knows the pain that some people go through. But man, what an amazing thing to get to come alongside of them and pray for them and lift them up and be there for them and hopefully encourage them as Paul is doing Timothy right here. I think that's so important for us today. Verse 9, it goes back, says, I'll go back, I'll read back, says, but 
uh, in verse 8, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, not on our own power, right? We're going back to his power, talking about that, you know, big amplifier again. Verse 9, it says, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Did you know that your calling is a holy calling? It's a holy calling. I think it's easy for us to forget that. It's easy for us to get caught up in the day-to-day so much that we forget how amazing the calling is that God has put on our lives to be Jesus wherever we are. I mean, so much so that He puts these people in our lives, just like me on Friday. I don't know if I handled it 100% perfect. I I hope I did what the Lord wanted me to do. I was really trying to. But I'm hoping for that next conversation. Hoping for that next moment to get to talk about some of those things and just, and just care and show, hey, we're not all crazy. But yeah, we might disagree on some of these things, but hey, let's talk about it. God wants to use us in these things. And His calling given to us is not because He thought we'd be really good at it. You, you read that there, right? He says, for who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, not because of our works, not because of who we are, or, you know, all these, it's, it's, but it says, but because of his own purpose and grace, it's for his glory and for the gospel to be, to be known, which he gave us, it goes on and says, which he gave us in Christ Jesus, and here, get this, pick this one up and try to take this one home with you, uh, before the ages began. So before the ages began, God knew he was going to give you a holy calling to go and be Christ into the world for his own purpose and grace. That's how big this thing is. That's how big this thing is. And in verse 10 it goes on and it says, and which now has has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus who abolished death and brought life and immortality through, I'm sorry, to light through the gospel. Who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You have been made immortal in Jesus. That's like some crazy sci-fi talk, right? Like how nuts is that? Like we're going to live forever in Christ. If we have believed in Him, if we have trusted in Him, He has defeated death. It says so right there. Christ who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. It's huge. This is a promise for us. And and Paul's just kind of like, to Timothy, he's just like, dude, just go for it, man. Just go for it. Like, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be ashamed. Just go for it. 
Like we're living literally in the power of God to do the things that He has called us to do and wants us to do for His name that we would be light into the world. Let God use you to do these things for His glory. And then Paul himself goes on right here. He says in verse 11, says, For which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed. He goes back to you know, the not ashamed things. He's like, but I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day that has been entrusted to me. What a statement. He says, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. And, and I, I have to ask the question, you know, do, do you know? Have you believed? Do you know that you have believed in Christ to be your Savior? Do you know that? Do you, do you trust in that with all the faith in your heart? I hope so. I hope so. I hope that you've entrusted into Jesus what only He can do. Only He can save us. Scripture teaches us that we need a Savior. Our sin deserves death. Jesus took the death that we deserve. He took. He got in front of the judge and said, I'll take theirs. I'll take theirs. Set them free. And we truly, in Christ, are free indeed. For I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me? You, you, mean, you see what he's saying to Timothy. He's like, dude, you have nothing to worry about. Like, just do what you've been called to do. I remember being in a work situation many years ago. It, was not, it, wasn't, the, it wasn't the worst situation in the world, but there was, there was a lot of drama going on, to be honest. Uh, it was before we had started 24. And uh, I remember one of the other uh, ministers on staff coming to me and, and he said to me, he said, Chris, he said, look, there's obviously a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on with other people here on staff. And he was like, look, you're, you're doing a great job of kind of reminiscent of kind of some Paul to Timothy kind of talk, really, to be honest. And this guy's godly dude, loves Jesus. And, and I was fairly new. And he, and he said, he said, look, you're doing a great job. He said, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Don't get caught up in any of that and just do what you're called to do. Like the Lord is using you. Don't stop. Don't look back. Don't look sideways. Just, just pinpoint what you're called to do and just do it. And I did. That's, that's pretty much what I did. You know? And I, I'm so grateful to have had that counsel in that moment of my life because, I mean, you guys know how it is. You know, when there's some kind of drama going on or whatever, and it's so easy to get wrapped, so easy to get wrapped up in other people's drama. And, and even, even stuff that has nothing to do with you. Next thing you know, oh, I don't know about this, or, you know, just forget it. Like, what's God called you to be here for right now? Forget all that mess and follow the Lord. Let Him lead you. And that's what Paul's saying to Timothy here. And he says, verse 13, he goes on, he says, Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Guard the good deposit entrusted 
to you. We are called to guard the gospel. We're called to be guardians of the gospel, to constantly, you know, laser focus, laser vision, like just stay on task with what God has called us to do. The hard part is not getting caught up in the drama of the world. And so for this passage today, I think we see you know, something that I think we all can take away today in, in the thought that what God has called us to, this, this understanding of the gospel, this, this idea that we would minister to others, that we would pray for one another, that we're leaving a legacy behind. Lois and Eunice left a legacy behind to the point that Paul is talking about it to Timothy and he's like, bro, God is working in you like he has worked in them and he is continuing to work in you. He's used them in your life, and now he's going to use you in the lives of others. Now, some of you may be sitting here today and you may go, you know, I don't, I don't have that kind of story. I, you know, my parents didn't know the Lord. My grandparents didn't know the Lord, whatever it may be. That's okay, okay? Like, that doesn't matter as far as what it comes down to you and your calling. God still wants to use you and work in you and do great things through you, and so your story is different but you have the opportunity to leave the legacy in the lives of others. Whether you're a mom or you're a dad or you're not a parent or whatever. Whether you're a co-worker to somebody. Whether you're a friend to someone. Whether you play on a team with somebody. You have the opportunity to leave a legacy with those people that they could know who Jesus is because they knew you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Let the power and love and self-control of the Holy Spirit work through you. You will suffer. It will be for the glory of God, and God will shape you and mold you through it. Be a guardian of the gospel. Let's pray together. God, I pray, Lord, that you would lead us in what it looks like to follow you. God, I thank you for the opportunity this morning, Lord, to just be under your word. God, for it to guide us, for it to show us who you've called us to be. God, I pray that the gospel of Christ would, would resonate through us, through our lives, wherever we are, wherever we work, whatever we do. God, help us in those things. Help us in those moments. Give us the words to say when we don't know what to say. Help us to know when to keep our mouths shut, when that's appropriate too. God, thank you so much for your son Jesus. God, I pray for anyone, Lord, that hasn't trusted in you today to be their Savior. God, I pray that you would do a work in their lives, in their heart right now, Lord, that would lead them to you. God, help us to understand even more today the truth of the cross. 
the truth of an empty tomb. God, for those of us that have trusted in you today, God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to begin right now leaving a legacy in the lives of others. Not for us, but for you and for your grace. Lord, we come today and we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you.